everyone, welcome to the Skeptically Inclined Science Podcast. We're on episode 54, season finale. Uh, I'm your host, Evan. Uh, and I'm Tom. Hello. And uh, welcome to today's episode, today's um, finale of the, the whole season three of the, the, the Skeptically Inclined Science Podcast. Of the um, very short season three. Of the very so- short season three, but um, I hope you enjoyed it. Um, so yeah, today... Um, the aim is just to kind of have a recap of season three, discuss, uh, have a look back at what we discussed throughout the season, what we think, uh, maybe something come up, did anything come of these stories, did anything not, nothing come of these stories, um, just kind of moments that we thought were funny, maybe cringe, all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. Yeah, so it's just a bit of a fun recap episode. I think it's uh, the best way to sign off on season three. Um, before we move on to newer stories next season, and we take a Be- and we take a break as well, so yeah, move on to the bigger and better things. Yeah, and we we both have to congratulate each other on accomplishing major uh, life goals. <laughs> okay, what right? li- what life goals? Is this? Like I I finished my thesis. Oh yeah, right. Oh, oh yeah, and yeah. you and, and you get tanned. So I, I feel like so I feel that. It's worth mentioning. Well, I don't think one is equal to, as the the other. I think it is if people have. I think it is if people have known how easily you burn instead of ta- <laughs> getting tanned. So, well done, Evan. Why? Why? Um, so is it because I, I look more tanned, or how are you? Based? I just I just look at you today, and I'm just like this boy went on a holiday. Okay, Clearly, right. I can tell. Yeah, fair play. Wow, well, because I've asked a few people and they i said do you think i look like i got a color and they said no <laughs> so i think <laughs> okay. it must be the camera effect or okay. something um, maybe it is the filter on i the would camera. say i was saying when i was coming back i think i told you this when we were going back f- to the airport on the way and i was like the guy i was with and I, we, we were both wearing shorts and we could see just the leg the color on our legs and he was like really tanned and brown and i was just like like blotchy red um <laughs> white marks on my leg i was like how is this like why is this possible so have you been uh, have you been recruited by uh, any neofascist group yet just because <laughs> how <laughs> white you are yeah that's that's the next step <laughs> maybe i don't know maybe. i don't know i think it'll be more uh sun uh anger at the sun group or something i don't know oh, okay okay retribution well, to the sun or i don't know for not burning us maybe that's <laughs> even a better group to join yeah okay but yeah. um yeah congrats you've you can you say it now are you completely finished or no i still don't i still don't have the the title but all chapters are written the the work is done at this point it's just getting through the waves of feedback and you know maybe changing like a few sentences to like oh this sounds better or no this sounds better or like changing the figures around just to kind of make everything yeah just just have a nice quality uh manuscript to submit yeah so the um the content is there it's, it's just a ma- matter of making it aesthetically pleasing and yeah it's amazing so, to th- if you listen to the the beginning of the season and i think we that's been a solid theme at the beginning <laughs> of these episodes of like any updates uh, yeah. so it's a good way of like uh, oh. categorizing your um your your story as you go through this your journey your final year journey of your phd so yeah it was beautiful like when i finished writing on friday two weeks ago and then 
I had we went to a friend's party, uh, friend's wedding party on Saturday, and I just had a, such a good time because I didn't have to worry about no anything. No stress. No. And then I the next day I was in the gym and I met some friends in the gym and we're like talking and I was like oh yeah by the way like I'm finished and they were like oh it's amazing and yeah I was like, yes I know it's amazing this is great yeah yeah I'd say just you never thought the day would come so no no because yeah. like the imposter syndrome was like very strong so you always think you're dumb and it's like this I will never finish this yeah. not because like I will never get there but like you just think that like you would not be able to get there ever with the yeah. with the work you do like you know. But it happens. It's a process. It is. Yes. Okay. And then as well, before we go into the recap, I I will I must say I don't know if hardcore fans would know (laughs) I have had my issues with um, (laughs) night terrors. Um, Maybe yeah. We can you can listen to them in previous episodes. I think it was season one um, uh, finale. I I played I played some clips. So yeah they have actually in, and it's surprising they're bad and i actually have gotten worse oh my god so um which is hard to believe but so i have actually been i just came from a, a sleep study there today mm-hmm. um so uh i have my hair is a bit of a mess because they had to put like electrodes in with this substance i don't know like they call it like a cement that kind of sticks into your hair that dissolves water okay so i was all hooked up the electrodes and then to my legs and uh what else did they have they had something up for my nose data oh. something on my nose i think it must be for my breathing rate i because okay. i think this is mainly for sleep apnea i was like is this really going to be useful for people mm-hmm. who have night terrors but they were like look it might be able to tell you something that's triggering it like if you're your oxygen levels drop maybe that's what's causing it or your heart rate just wow. starts to increase so i don't know I said, look, it might, I might as well do it. Um, there's no harm in trying it and seeing if it might help. But I didn't sleep. Like, the, you can't really sleep. I, I don't sleep well in places for the first time if it's somewhere new. Right. And, like, it doesn't help when you have, like, a load of electrodes hooked up <laughs> to you yeah. as well. And, it must, uh, probably wasn't comfortable, was it? It wasn't too bad. Um, but, like, yeah, I just... It's hard. It's hard. I'm. I. I'm. I'm. I'd be a light sleeper then. I don't think I ever got really real deep sleep. So right. You just don't know. It's not like a reenacting that what would happen normally. So I'm. And were like, there like cameras in the room or like no, how? There wasn't. I was wondering if they would be or recordings because I'm like, I usually talk in my sleep. So right. Um. Yeah. They, I didn't jump out of the bed anyways, which is. Did- did you get any immediate feedback after you woken up, like, or no? They don't. They didn't. Do, there was no one there from the, the okay. sleep study. They they were like, just take everything off. I have to wash. Had to wash all the like. It was like cement in my hair. All the electrodes. I had to wash them mm. all out. Did they have a shower over there? They did, but there's no towels. I was like, what's the point of this? <laughs> oh my God. Okay. So yeah, it's still. Uh, I had to go to the shopping center, and I could see they were still gone. You could see the white stuff in my hair, and I was like, right. I thought they were highlights. <laughs> well, I hope people were like, oh, he just forgot to put his gel in his hair, rather than like, oh, did he realize someone a bird like shit on his head? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was thinking. It looked like. <laughs> and who are the people who work there? Are they like? medical doctors or like the girl said she was um da uh medical data 
analyst or something okay. like that. What? Because I was like, oh, you study in medicine. She's like, no, I'm. It's like data analyze analyst. I don't know. Uh, okay. I I've ne- I didn't ever heard of the position before. They obviously have some okay. kind of feel. Um, I didn't have him at the consultant yet, but yeah, as I said, it's mostly for sleep apnea and helping treat that. So I. So is there anything for like night terrors stuff? We'll see. Maybe, hopefully, something might be picked up. Even though I know I wasn't at that bad last night, so okay. <laughs> if they like, if they would say like, "Oh, there is an expert in Germany that can help you," would you go like, "Right, well, let's go to Germany"? Are you at that point, or uh, are you just like, "Oh, it's just annoying"? Well, it depends. I don't know. What depends? Like, okay, de- depends. What it, what's his what's his what's his options <laughs> like is it going to be like you need to do like i don't know a marathon or running at night before you go to bed i don't know what well maybe that's not that bad but okay well i was thinking more in the line of like you know maybe cut out this and this from your diet and replace with this and this but i guess if you want to run the marathon <laughs> that's also fine <laughs> yeah yeah, maybe. I, I don't I don't think it's related to diet though. Okay. I think but I have no I, idea say, how dreams know. work. I or like know. how how sleep works rather. But sure look, we anxiously await the results yeah, of uh, we'll let people of the know experiment. in the next season. Yeah. Um yeah, so that's <laughs> that's my update with that. Very okay. random news, but Well it's it important. Kind of, it's interesting, I suppose, if you're into that. Yeah. Um definitely. Okay, so will we just get jump back into the recap? There's actually one news story I did want to cover, but it's kind of related to the recap. Okay, go for it. I also have a one news story that is related to the recap. So, uh, <laughs> oh, I yeah. wouldn't be surprised. It's the same one. <laughs> go on. Is it for the egg and sperm no more? No. Okay, it's not. Okay. okay. So yeah, so this was the first episode we came back on the season. Mm-hmm. Um. And before I go into it, uh, you covered a main, the main story in it that's now gone, gone on to be one of the most topical stories of the moment. Yes. Do you remember what it was? It was about making a, an embryo without the actual intercourse. Yeah. 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 With the stem yeah. cells. With the stem cells. Yeah. 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 And have you seen the story now that... The, uh, that so this, at the time, you this was with um, mice stem cells yeah. yeah and now they've been able to go on and do this with human stem cells i saw the headline yeah, yeah. so did you know at the time when you're like oh i talked about this on the podcast because you didn't tell me did you link the two or did you just forgot i forgot <laughs> fair enough um but yeah it's in, we covered it there first so there we are uh yeah right on the precipice of uh ground it was actually it was actually a topic suggested by a friend. So, yeah. Okay, play. shout out to him. Yeah. Well, he, rich of you to assume the gender from the get-go, <laughs> but okay, I guess this is the world we live in. Eh? Well, you you said friend. <laughs> I thought so I you're a guy. Help. I was like, okay, I don't know. <laughs> That's where <laughs> I went. <laughs> right. It was not a male friend, but anyway. Yeah, oh, it wasn't. So she, okay, sorry. Yeah, so she suggested this <laughs> and like, yeah, it paid off because now it makes, uh, makes rounds. It makes us look very very impressive very smart um but yeah maybe i'll just cover it quickly Go, before yeah, it do. so yeah as i said scientists have created synthetic human embryos using stem cells in a groundbreaking advance that sidesteps the need for egg or sperm 
I think if you want to, Tom gave a really good overview of the topic as well in episode 45. So if you want to learn more, definitely listen in. Um, it gives it gives more context to how it was done. I'm just going to give a quick overview. Mm-hmm. Um, so scientists say these model embryos, which resemble those in their early stages of human development, could provide a crucial window on the impact of genetic disorders and the biological causes of recurrent miscarriage. Uh, however, the work also raises serious ethical and legal issues as the lab-grown entities fall outside current restrictions set in most countries. The structures do not have a beating heart or the beginnings of a brain, but include the cells that would typically go on to form the placenta, the yolk sac, and the embryo itself. So there's no near-term prospect of the synthetic embryos being used clinically, Ah, yeah, it would be illegal to implant them into a patient's womb and it's not yet clear where these structures have the potential to continue maturing beyond the early stages of development. So it's just really uh, a model for these very early stages. Um, it would not be, should be not be used um, clinically anyways. But how tempted are you just to figure it out, figure out the way if they, if they can actually grow and develop? You know, I think they've done it in China um i seen in april it said here in april researchers in china created synthetic embryos from monkey cells and implanted them into the wombs of adult monkeys and a few of which showed the initial sign of pregnancy but none of which can continue to develop beyond a few days okay so of course china um <laughs> scientists say that it's not clear where the barrier to more advanced development is merely technical or has a more fundamental biological cause I mean, if it's only technical, then that's the mother of time. That's the mother of figure out what you mm. don't know, technically. But like, if it's a fundamental, like, God, that could be like anything, right? It's like trying to find a needle in the haystack. Yeah, because to figure but, out because you are reverting stem cells back into you're you're pushing them down to an embryo yeah. line, and then they have to. But they're still stem cells at that stage, so um, it's kind of trippy in a way. Oh, a little bit, yeah. Um, so I don't know. Can you? Can they go on and further develop into these lineages that you need for a full blown? But that's kind of would you? Fetus. That's kind of interesting because okay, so if you would, okay, so just just an experiment, right? Thought experiment. If you would be born like on Mars in in the future, right? If the human being would be born on Mars and then you travel to to Earth. Are you consider a human or are you consider an alien? You, you know? told you've asked me about this before, haven't you? Oh, did I? So like, if you, I don't think it was on the podcast though. If you are born from, if you are, if you develop into a being from that, from that angle, like, like are you still are, human are you, or you're not human? Are you a human or you're not human? Well, if you have to go by the official species definition, it's okay. like if they can still have. If you can mate with another human and have a, 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 an offspring that can reproduce. Right. So, yeah, like as long as that they are able to do that, then... Okay. Um, it's interesting. It's like that um, the book, I've read them, The Martian, or not The Martian, that's the, that one where he got stranded. Um, <laughs> it's... I can't remember the name... Uh, they've made a, the what was it called? It's it's they've made a TV show or a TV show on Prime, I think it was The Expanse. That's it. And they, okay, have you ever heard of that? Well, you've been on about it forever, so yeah, I've heard about <laughs> The Expanse. Well, yeah. it's basically yeah, they they uh, colonies settle in Mars and then colonies mm-hmm. settle out in the outer belt, 
um and like the ones in the outer belt belt are like really tall because they have Mm -hmm. no gravity um but he never mentions like reproduction or if they can mate with like humans from earth so i don't i don't know if that what how what the ethical things of that are so but yeah for your answer your question i think yeah they would be that was straightforward yeah well do you disagree or agree or? no i just no i i think i think at some point it's gonna be irrelevant anyway like you know as long as you are a contributing decent human well as long as you're a decent contributing uh, individual to this like you know if you contribute to society like it doesn't really matter how you came, about, you came about i suppose yeah 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 no but, that's fine i'm just saying the definition yeah, yeah, yeah. By definition, yeah. yeah. I think by definition they still be humans. Yeah, yeah. It's um, well, how, how well, look where we got like that. We kind of talking about if <laughs> something's going to be a human or not going to be a human. <laughs> you know, it's crazy. Um, yeah. So, like, anyways, back to the just mm-hmm. before just to finish off the motivation for the work um, to do this stem cell to embryo formation is just to understand the black box period of a development that is so called between because. Scientists are only allowed to cultivate embryos in the lab up to a legal limit of 14 days. Then they pick up the course of development much further along by looking at pregnancy scans and embryos donated for research. So they don't really, they're not able to work with embryos in this time frame from after 14 days till birth, really, unless they get donated. But then they only see what goes wrong or what, what, only a small slice of maybe what's happening that's causing these miscarriages so to have a model is really useful to have um, yeah like it would help answer a lot of questions for people who are suffering from miscarriages and um maybe come up with treatment options for these people so they still haven't published a paper yet but it's from cambridge caltech lab it's like a, a joint adventure mm-hmm. we were speculating it might be from mike 11 our guest because he yeah has worked with reprogramming he doesn't even work with stem cells he just reprograms them using electrical uh, yeah, the imp- cell, uh, electrical impulses put- potentials and stuff yeah, like that so yeah. um at the moment it doesn't look like it but um yeah we will see if he gets into this field yeah but as i said these these embryos they don't have a beating heart gut or beginnings of a brain but they show this presence of primordial cells that are precursors of egg and sperm yeah, it's interesting to see. And you had predicted it way back then with the one I saw. Yeah. Interesting. On on the track. From the, mm-hmm. the same episode, I suppose we we also tried to predict the Nobel Prize winners. We weren't <laughs> as as fortuitous as detecting them. I think we were way off. It never um, happens. But we also are trying to maybe we'll know next season we i predicted a, a potential improbable nobel pre- prize winner or no nobel peace sorry <laughs> an improbable nobel prize winner the, so it's the one with the interesting or weird title so i yeah. had talked about whether unborn ki- they looked at it was a study to look at see if unborn babies would like the taste of kale based on images oh i remember that yes so uh that was a funny thought was a funny story um so yeah we'll have a look and see if uh if it does get published we should submit it maybe and then or give it a link it to their them maybe see, see if yeah. then if they win and we'd be like oh we were the 
we're the ones who so every, everything for the fame is maybe it? we get to go over for it that invite us because they're like you were you nominated oh, okay sure let's 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 submit and let's try i wouldn't mind going to boston <laughs> yeah and then the last thing from that episode i think we had touched on the monkey pox outbreak we were like which we were in the uh, uh the doldrums kind of of it um so it was declared a public health emergency of international concerns so a bit like covid um and thankfully now we can say it's not gone on and developed as severe as it was when it was declared and it was actually declared over just there in may mm-hmm. um so it seems like it hasn't i they've obviously the vaccinations have worked the treatment options have worked and i think they've been able to stop its spread which is great so that was a a good a new story i suppose you can say that uh they weren't able to get on top of that outbreak because at the time it was like no one seemed to know where the transmission was happening so they got ahead of it but uh it was just it was around the time when you kind of extra sensitive about any of those outbreaks right? yeah yeah i think so everyone you... was like why we should be on top of this we just came out of a pandemic how are we not doing better yeah um, exactly yeah okay well i'm glad that we got the uh, the embryo sign uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. story that was uh, that was really cool yeah um and then the next episode was the experimental treatment for long covid again i remember i remember i just want to say that i remember after this episode when you uh when you explained it to me how manipulative these people are uh with the long covid yeah yeah well so maybe just a recap that so there are these these institutions would you call them institutions yeah basically there are people i think in it was in malta yeah um they were offering these germany to an extent yeah, yeah yeah um they were offering these um retreats or programs for people who had long covid um, basically they were saying that clots these micro clots are the ones that are causing yeah. uh, your symptoms and, um, and there was, this whole treatment was based on the kind of a transfusion filtration yeah uh, it was blood fil- filtration fil- yeah. apheresis yeah um, which they were saying was going to remove the clots again it seems isn't it seem very like I don't know homo- 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 homeopathy homeopathic homeopathic yeah like i don't know like filter your blood and get all rid of all the toxins um it's really i did i i was so angry listening to this yeah and the other i think that wasn't as bad but i think the fact that they were getting prescribed anticoagulants as well which definitely was uh because they weren't these were they were going abroad to get the treatment and then they were taking it when they got home and you need to be monitored when you're on these anticoagulants because you need to be sure you're not going to bleed out if you cut yourself mm-hmm. or anything like that so it, it wasn't just like some funny little treatment option that would have no side effects or risks there was risk to it yeah um they but, were in- mm-hmm. yeah but at the same time i was like we kind of discussed that they w- these people were desperate they were like yeah super fatigued didn't know what to do headaches um yeah. brain fog and I suppose now when I'm when I look back at the story now, I'm like nothing's really been done. No more developments. The, like these, I'm sure these these options, these treatment options, are still available for people who are desperate enough. Oh um, yeah. The only thing we can say now is that at least 
the getting getting COVID is less more less likely, so you're less likely to get long COVID because you're not going to COVID at all. But it's, um, it's still about the people who did get it, unfortunately. Like you know, yeah, and they, uh, just left there. Yeah, yeah, and I'm like. We're not really... I think there has been a bit more work done in, like, post-viral syndrome. It's like... A, like I think this is, was a thing before COVID. And um, a Just lot of people... momentum now. It seems like it's definitely getting... There's been a spotlight put on it. Yeah. Um, but as for treatment or options, it's not really a huge amount out there. So it's very frustrating for these people. And it's easy for us to like sit on our high tower and be like, you should not do that. It's too dangerous when they have no yeah. other options for them. So um, it's kind of, it's disappointing that w- this was done back in November and we, I don't think the options are there that most was what you can do is just physio. Um, maybe, uh, maybe a, a, some course of anti- anticoagulants under control, but like we still don't even know if the clots are, what's causing this so um it's all speculation i think they're still trying to figure out but i feel sorry for these people for sure oh definitely um and then that was actually that was actually my on my list of the episodes here that like really stuck out with me that was like the first one oh yeah i remember i remember my initial reaction to it how i felt yeah uh, yeah when i heard about it yeah and then I think in that episode as well, we t- you talked about the origins of COVID. That um, you very smoothly dis- uh, dismantled. Yeah, I, I suppose now I can come back and say, <laughs> I, I think at the time, okay, I've changed my, I have changed my mind. My mind has changed since then. I can, <laughs> it's okay. I, I'm, br- I'm big enough to admit it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I think at the time, I don't know, it just... I, I I was I was definitely looking at it as a lack of evidence was means that you could I don't know why this I'm like as a scientist I really should um take what the papers are there what's been said mm-hmm. and and try and drive a conclusion from that and most of the papers were saying that it was natural outbreak but I was like I just thought that the lack of evidence to suggest that it's not um from a lab leak accident i was just thought it was accidental that was where i was coming from Mm -hmm. and i just thought there wasn't enough proof of that but that's the wrong way of thinking and um i i think now i i I think more information has come out that Mm -hmm. has made me think okay uh like for example they were like oh um the bats were nowhere near these bats caves are nowhere near wuhan um so why why was it out in wuhan but they were saying that um, the le- the distance between where them caves were and Wuhan is the exact mm-hmm. same distance as when for SARS CoV one for the or I don't know where that outbreak happened. Um, yeah, I, I don't know either. It was Guan Guangdong in China, and that's like nearly the same distance. So that wasn't really a a useful claim. And I think as well, they I think the 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 sam- the sequence data that they were using. Uh, at the time that was resembled SARS-CoV-2 they they had published papers back in what was it 2018 2019 mm-hmm. and like it was just what if they were if they were still working on like and they were still a good bit not related to SARS-CoV-2 so it was like if they were really working on that they would have had a more recent paper to to suggest that they were working on it so 
I think there was other there were these them t- them them reasons and just other reasons maybe like okay it's very unlikely that it was a lab leak. I I never really believed it was an, a lab leak. It's just I just thought that the fact that China never re- um helped investigate yeah. it. That was why I was like okay, well maybe it maybe it could but I think um knowing what I know now and I think if you're if you're still having this thoughts as me i definitely recommend it was um it's another podcast the um the gurus what's decoding the gurus decoding the gurus they had an interview with four three scientists that were directly involved with it directly involved and one of them was also a skeptic like me and he 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 signed a letter saying that he want he wanted more investigation to see or i think he signed a letter to say that he thought that it could be a lab leak and then he changed his mind so um i think it, it, there would have been a lot of work needed to do for it to be a lab leak so yeah um but i also entertained the idea of a lab leak at some point yeah but i think you were clo- at this episode you were definitely oh, yeah, I, I was like yeah it's you uh, got pro- past but yeah. I, I think i definitely pushed back a lot. <laughs> you just took that paper and you're like this is wrong this is yeah. not like this they missing this data but tell me how and i'm just like okay i guess i picked the wrong paper <laughs> yeah i just yeah. i couldn't defend it in, in all honesty and yeah I, that that was the thing i think if i was able to talk to them guys who knew dirt stuff then yeah. they would have had uh reasons and i think it was the i think it was just the the, the makeup of the spike protein as well that was just yeah. I, I had read an article about that and it was just seemed so suspicious at the time but i think um they have said that there's been work showing that it does happen that this spike protein can mutate um so it's just it's a pity because like any because no we no one knows anyone can run with anything and it's again it's china they're the big bad country so yeah bit of a boogeyman yeah but it's it's fine yeah well truth will defend itself right it's just sometimes it takes a lot of time to 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 get there Okay, so then that was episode 46. You want anything else to add to them? Two episodes? Uh, no, no. I uh, I actually want to talk about episode 47. Yeah, if, if can, you want to uh, go in ahead yeah. with that one. So I thought that was... Uh, first of all, I think the title of this episode, <laughs> Mushroom, Sperm, Camden, Dyslexia, is one of the best things that we ever did. <laughs> yeah, we just... <laughs> random connections Mushroom. there. <laughs> Sperm counts and dyslexia. It's, it was perfect. But I love how we put your dyslexia at the end. Like that was the least important <laughs> topic. Yeah, Maybe ago. if you want to give a quick okay. overview of what it was again. From that episode, I think Evan, you proposed the idea that the Romans were violent <laughs> because they, they drank the lead. Uh, the lead. Uh, which was, I think, was fun, and then we had a re- recurrent conversation about the salicybin. Sal- what <laughs> every episode, every se- episode, one at le- sorry, at least one episode per season, we have to mention psilocybin. Yeah, <laughs> I think at some point we just have to do it and just <laughs> and, and do just, a meta review of it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then the sperm counts that was about uh, decreasing sperm sperm count in men, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. it had to be about that. Uh, and then f- lastly, I talked about my own personal experiences of dyslexia and, you know, what are the means of uh, dealing with it and what does science says about it. So that was like, it wasn't traumatic for me to <laughs> make a recap. I, th- I thought it was quite fun, but yeah. it actually, it found it, the episode found its way to, uh, I think, 
one of the secondary schools in Kells. Oh, really? How did, yeah, how did that happen? Yeah, it was used as an argument to like uh, to give more support to dyslectic people in the in the in the school. Oh, what? So how what happened? Did they so, just play the episode or? I think I think my mom was uh, meeting with her friends or something like that, or or maybe she was she was in the pub with my dad and they met like. Uh, some, some people that they knew in uh, either was Kels or Navan, I don't remember now. And they just started talking and then word from word, like, you know, my mom was saying like, oh, like Tom and Evan did this and this. And there was an episode about dyslexia. And then that kind of sent the word into the local community. So it's not like a big national news. Yeah, it's just yeah, a yeah. very local community kind of thing. And then um, someone f- asked my mom if it'd be okay to bring this episode as a, like a like a testimony or something like that, you know, how tough it is with yeah. ch- children in dyslexia and they try to use it to kind of push the school to kind of give a little bit more support towards these uh, children. And uh, I thought that was nice. That's awesome, right? That's so cool. Like, I thought, yeah. That, like to know that, that someone with dyslexia out there you know, might have listened or like someone who um, who was never like diagnosed. parent, yeah. And uh, to like they might listen or see your testimony and be like wow that's similar to me maybe and like to see where you've gone now like yeah, you're I th- finishing your phd to, to see that they'd be like okay maybe because i know there's that shame shame and embarrassment is oh, such yeah. a big thing so to like you know to have you there to say oh wow like uh he did well okay maybe i can just i can maybe if i get the diagnosis i can get the help and live yeah. my life so um I I thought it was I thought it was a really good episode. I really enjoyed it. I d- I definitely thought it was uh, like it it's a t- it was tough for you like definitely ah, it's yeah. a, but I think um, it's nice to to see that like you know we we do these little things together and we try to like yeah ma- we, we try li- to make a difference and like you know it doesn't happen with every episode no, but every no. now and then you know we and we just, are in our own bubble yeah and we were like wow that actually went on to yeah to, to to something else so so i don't know why i was like because i knew this for like a couple of weeks at this point but it's just never wow. yeah i just never brought it up and i thought like i should totally mention it yeah. right now you this know is why, this is why we, we yeah, do these reviews so we can we can yeah. go over it um and like so and is any anything else like has anything else changed for you or like how do you uh, look back at it and, and do you have listened to it or like how is it has anything else changed in your life or yeah so i through to making that uh, episode and kind of thinking back and preparing for it i given that i'm a geneticist in training uh well sort of geneticist i kind of went the route of like looking at the genetic genetic basic basic basis of dyslexia and i was like I can I can write a pretty good uh, motivational letter for a postdoc <laughs> position if I find like a post that actually works with uh, genetics like yeah. gen- uh, genetics of dyslexia and stuff like that and I was trying to uh, find here in Netherlands there is this Max Planck Institute uh, that they they work with languages and speech and and under the angle of dyslexia but I was looking into it looking into it and then. Uh, and like I couldn't find anything, and at some and at some point, I think I realized it was just more of a the excitement of the moment, yeah, rather yeah, rather yeah. than like truly having like a calling for this. But uh, can I ask yeah. you a question? Go on about 
so if you were looking into the genetic aspect, yeah, is there ever a worry like that if they do get like the highlight the some genetic markers mm-hmm. that it could end up being used in like um for people who are getting screening for diseases that they mm-hmm. add dyslexia as a screening to like eliminate kids that have dyslexia or like child yeah i don't know would would that ever worry worry you i think if you would want to do this from the perspective of we just want to identify the kids that um, have it that have it that they need not that they need a special treatment or that we put them into the classes that are maybe less intense knowledge uh, information wise but to to kind of just give them the help they need because we can perform as good as anybody else it's just you know sometimes it takes us a a bit longer to get there but do you think that it's necessary it it, yeah i think it's necessary but it shouldn't be framed as a disease no if you would have if you would live in the future that you can you can have these genetic markers Mm. that are like quite specific because you don't want to tell someone that oh you have a learning disability uh but it's only like you know we only write two out of 10 times like that's that's no good for me like you if you would have these markers that can really really pinpoint that like this person probably will have a genetic uh, uh not mm. genetic learning learning difficulty then mm. i think it should be done and yeah. but again it shouldn't be framed as a disease it's just yeah it's just something my, my worry that but yeah. my worry is like if they if you do get the genetic um aspects like yeah i definitely agree like it would be really useful for screening kids but i'm also like will this go on and have other consequences and i'm like is it maybe maybe don't open that box of worms and can of worms sorry and uh just keep the screening methods now that we have for knowing how to diagnose dyslexia with the the current methods that's i don't know i don't know they are i think they are tells like it runs in family so that's always the thing we can't hold off investigating because we're scared of what's no because then you have so much self-doubt if you if you know if you know if you know stuff and you write them down and then in your head it's like i'm writing this down and then it's what you have written down is not exactly what you had in your head and then you get your exam back and it's like all covered in red ink and you just like yeah but i'm not like i still think there is current methods now i do not think that's like pretty good as it is I suppose but you only find out after the fact, after like experiencing okay. two or right. three years of like, okay. w- why I can't do this? Like, I know how to do this. Why? What okay. is wrong with me? And then after think, then, but maybe it's got better now, though. That, that is true. Wrong. I'm out of the like a pr- primary secondary system for a long, long time. So mm. I also might be detached from what what it looks like now. Mm. But I, I can only yeah. I can only source from my experience if if these yeah if I could be told from the get go that like listen boy you're bright <laughs> beautiful and smart but you have a you have a learning difficulty so we just gonna help you out with this and I'd be like perfect let's go you know yeah 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 but, yeah, yeah but yeah interesting it's definitely yeah it, not- it's it's interesting um, perspective to have as from your perspective so yeah, yeah that's, that's that's cool definitely not a disease. That's what I yeah, want to. That's why you want to yeah, know, let yeah, people yeah, know. Yeah. Yeah, that's I think definitely a good message to take. Cultivating these meats and science in 2023. So um, that was that was an extremely important episode <laughs> for, for me. You. 
Yeah. And it uh, was the start I, of your journey. <laughs> I think it was really, it really was a, a commitment to a, to a lifestyle, you know? And, uh, but also we, we, we talk uh, on the recurrent topic of Alzheimer's drug, drugs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think um, they just, I just think they approved in May uh, supplemental approval of Resulti, re which is uh, for the treatment of agitation associated with dementia due to Alzheimer's disease. So agitation can include symptoms ranging from pacing or restlessness to verbal and physical aggressions. That's been been used now so that's kind of interesting um yeah i think we had talked about adesibimab which is that it targets the plaque it's an antibody yeah um so we that was the and then the, there was another one so um liquid lakembi is as well and again that, antibody yeah yeah that's also an antibody um and this is the whole pro problem with this accelerated approval pathway where we discussed like um, they're basically assuming that the plaques are causing the Alzheimer's where so you yeah. if you carry the plaques you get rid of it so that's what they're looking at they're t looking at um, the plaques being removed and how successful and then if that goes if you remove them then it's successful in treating Alzheimer's whereas maybe we should be looking at Alzheimer's and the symptoms uh, it's over funny. a long over a longer time, rather than be like, okay, we're looking at a, uh, a, a an intermediate intermediate tree to mm -hmm. determine if it if it works or not. And these drugs are pretty like intense. You need to get MRIs because they can cause swelling in the brain. Um, but I suppose, and th th I suppose this was the controversy. I think there was a huge controversy with yeah. adesimumab with the FDA and how it got approved because. It didn't. It didn't seem like anyone wanted it to be approved, but there was a heavy um, lobbying being from done from the patient side, right? Yeah, and and yeah. still, I don't think these drugs are available in Europe right now. These only available in the US yeah, because Europe has a different uh, yeah, approval they, they're uh, not, body. They're not happy to to approve based on the yeah. the plaques being removed. They want more more yeah. evidence. So um, I yeah, I think this whole feeds into the greater discussion of. Uh, like a clinical trial design and what do we consider as a valuable primary outcome and what is not a valuable mm. primary outcome, you know? And yeah, for, and having, uh, having your primary outcome as a re reduce in the, in the number of these plaques or <clears throat> whatever you want to phrase it, like that's a nice, that's a nice outcome. It could be measured. It could be very well described, but like, is this the primary outcome? Is this is what is the most beneficial to to a patient like you know yeah. yeah um and again it's i suppose it's it's kind of similar with the long covid treatment it's um there's always that thing of like there's no treatment now for alzheimer's and alzheimer's related diseases so yeah um and we all know how devastating it is alzheimer's and there's always that i don't want to i suppose the, the the euthanasia word when that's not av as available as an option these yeah. people have to usually suffer until the very end so and the families and the families exactly yeah, yeah. so um on the one hand i feel it's bad that they don't have an option that could be uh, useful but on the other hand they need to be able to when the drug is available it has to be able to do its job uh it can't be like oh well there's a 50 50 chance or a 60 chance that it like it needs to be safe it needs to have a good efficacy and um we can't we can't 
um, sacrifice that just because there's nothing available. We there has to be something that's definitely worth putting on the market that is safe that will work. Yeah. And um, I just don't think that was the case in these in these situations that um, they they discapitulated a bit. So God, it almost it almost feels like it was a crowd pleaser just to put something. I'm not saying mm. that it doesn't work, but like it's just here, here it is something just so everyone is happy that there is something. Well, and but that at a cinema, yeah, they had did a review. They cancelled yeah. it. Then they reviewed. Then they were like, oh, it does work in some way, and then they pushed through with that. So like that that was really bad just shady clinical trial guidelines yeah. like you don't do that yeah you have to like follow it through if it's stopped you can't just go back and like try and find another way of getting your narrative to fit so anyway wonder if wonder if that shows that um ema is more strict than the uh, fda <laughs> yeah well they always say that you about know? food and everything the quality yeah. of food so yeah you're up number one That's um it. and then yeah tell us about your your vegan the artificial meat yeah how yeah. do you how do you look back at it now tell I, people what it is actually first as well oh the so the artificial meat it it is uh it is a like a field of science or you could nearly compare it to a movement now where people try to uh grow meats muscle tissue from animals without necessity to sacrifice the animals so what they do is they take a biopsy of a uh, from a cow, chicken, w- uh, pig, whatever, and they de- used uh, quite uh, elaborate, sophisticated culturing methods to grow, uh, to to let these, uh, to maintain these cells alive, and also give them enough space and nutrients to grow into a substantial sizes that then can be harvested and uh, mm. processed into meats that we recognize. You know, sausages, burger patties. Uh, I suppose this is the best thing we can do right now. We don't, we not really be able to grow nicely, nice sterling <laughs> or uh, whatever other steak could a at nice the moment. Nice juicy sterling <laughs> T-bone. T-bone. Um, but yeah, this is was your. So you had you were were you vegan at this stage? Were you? So I actually I actually took a step back from labeling myself as a vegan or vegetarian. Now. I rea- I reanalyzed what I am. And I think for me, it comes more from the perspective of for helping the environment by my own personal lower consumption of meats, which okay. is none at this point, but also more, more fundamental and ethical perspective for me is to do not, I do not support killing. Okay. So there's two, so, t- but like, so priority one is environment and two is... Like the other way around. I have to because the, the oh, killing, killing of animals is your first. No, one. killing in general. Oh, killing in general. Okay. So that has a that has a wider implication. Okay, f- so why yeah. not ve- why vegetarian? Not vegetarian than vegan. If it's that, I don't. I don't feel that I have to avoid dairy. Okay, I but don't you eat would, eggs. You would, you would prefer though to avoid dairy. If I have a chance, yes, but then it's not. Uh, is not a must for me. So that's why I don't fall into the vegan category. Yeah. And uh, I guess everyone can be a vegetarian. Like, it's not like something that you have to sacrifice, you know, like people, like you eat vegetarian every now and then, and there is not such a strict adherence to it. You know, it's uh, like vegans are really strict. But like, like you, there is vegetarians that are 
are strict as well. They won't eat meat. Yeah, but so. I, I, I feel like some people feel much more flexible, like dipping into the vegetarian diet and coming back again. You don't feel that you don't feel so victimized if you like give up on vegetarians. But whereas like if you are okay. vegan and then you stop being vegan, there is like a, a backlash. You're weak. Yeah. So I think vegetarians are vegetarian community is much more kind of a uh, flexible. But I feel like if a vegetarian's gonna if a vegetarians go hardcore, they just turn into vegans. <laughs> Not that there's anything wrong with vegans. Right. If, right. Like we I shouldn't call them like a vegan ve audience. They find like the, the people like everyone else, right? And you There's just some get more yeah. extreme than the others. Yeah. But um, like, I, I am not a vegan. That is <laughs> that is definitely true. So what do you call? Do you have a name? I'm do just Tom. <laughs> that is the best okay. way I could come up with. So like, you, you just know? like, but if you're at a if you're at a restaurant, yeah, you have to say like, or oh, do you have something that's vegan or non? You just say kind of have a non-meat. Yeah, do you have a non-meat option? Okay, so you don't care if there's like dairy in it. I, dairy is fine. Like cheese, milk is oh, fine. Egg, but if there's eggs in it, no. Okay, so I'm, then you I'm have to say non. Like I don't know what <laughs> you'd have to say. Can I have non meat but no eggs as well? But then you can. But you can see, on the menu. You can see what okay, it is. Okay, right, You don't right. have to like. Make you can be extra. You can make a scene, <laughs> but like it's not necessary in the most places. Like okay. you know. And like, why why eggs again? Is it just because? It is for, to me. It's killing because you're robbing an opportunity of okay. some something to be. Damn, we going. Uh, yeah, and so I think I this, won't I ask feel, you about abortion then. Yeah, you better <laughs> don't because I've got into an arguments over that. But uh, I I think this is this is much more uh, my way of doing things, where I just figure out the way to navigate this rather than just you know blindly follow whatever is said on the vegan subreddit okay uh, and um yeah before we leave it i decided so what do you think now when you look back on this the artificial meat do you think i um, think it's a i don't think it's a good solution no okay. no Interesting. no they they approved it i think uh to uh, last week or very recently in america in california they approved the uh upside foods and good meat that they can they can serve uh, artificially cultured chicken meat uh and that is you know it's it's a good for business it's a it's a novelty P probably some people will try it but if we look at it from the perspective of uh, is it is it a vegan no because the animal cannot give a consent to take a tissue biopsy so that you this is not okay vegan so that's the first thing and then from the from the environmental perspective uh on the one side, you will have an argument saying that like, okay, so we don't have to have these uh, big animal farms anymore. There is, and all of these uh, disadvantages that are connected to, to big yeah. massive animal farming. But on the other hand, you have these massive cell culturing vats that use enormous amount of electricity. They produce enormous amount of waste. Uh, mm. This all have to be stored somehow. On top of that, they used uh, uh, FCS, the calf oh, yeah, uh, yeah. serum, to to grow these uh, to grow these cells. So uh, people who are people who don't know how cell culturing works, they could be thinking then they're eating animal free products, mm. but they absolutely are not animal free. Animal I, did, I think you free. did mention in the podcast there was. Alternative. Uh, there was an alternative to the fetal bovine serum, so but it's not it's necessary. Not routine. It's not routine. Yeah, it's used. not routine mm -hmm. use. Like, and they don't have to disclaim, you know. Okay. So, yeah. 
I don't think it's a it's a it's a I don't think it's a vegan option. I don't think it's an option for environmentalist uh, supporters. I think it's a novelty, and uh, I think some people will try it just for the sake of saying like, "Look, I I ate this." Yeah. yeah. But like you know, if you want to be vegan, just be vegan. Stop yeah. looking for loopholes. Okay. Fair enough. I think it was uh it yeah it, it's a it's one of those where you don't know who who this applies to so yeah um okay perfect so then on to episode 50 we got to our 50th episode a great great topic for this one sperm <laughs> sperm from an <laughs> unlikely was, source it was a semen rich episode wasn't semen it semen rich episode i don't know what did that say <laughs> oh the whole season was semen rich as well <laughs> I, well yeah we we definitely <laughs> talked about reproduction a, a lot. lot so yeah. um what was it you talked about Oh, the latest research on male contraceptives. That was interesting. I, I definitely think mm-hmm. I pushed back as well on this. <laughs> and now I look back and I'm like... So the whole thing was there was a male contraceptive, like the like the female pill that male men can take that will yeah. stop them being able to be fertile or... Motility. Stop moti- sperm motility. Yeah. So they, they, the previous... Con- yeah. No, go on. Yeah, it would just stop... It would make pregnancy very unlikely... Yeah, and the advantage over the other research method is that it's not a hormonal intervention. Yeah, because the pre- other ones they are, you know try to affect your uh, testosterone, oh, testosterone, modulate yeah. testosterone, whereas this one is more kind of a physical, uh, physic not physical. It's disabling of the ability of the sperm to move, which was something new and innovative and yeah. much needed for male community. Yeah, yeah. So I think I was definitely pushing on that. <laughs> Who would actually would men really use this? But I definitely now I look back and I'm like, I think the target audience definitely for people in relationships, yeah. and stable, stable relationships. Yeah. Um, and I definitely I'm, think it could be useful for that. I don't know. It's still not available. No, not as, really. As a treatment yet. No, no. But uh, it definitely changes the narrative of like men can do something. They don't have yeah. to expect the woman to exactly take a hormonal treatment as well. Like she, ha- they have to take hormones which can have so much consequences Um, and you hear it from the girls saying like oh i can't i can't take these uh, hormonal treatments because they just mess me up too much like and like my mood is all over the place so yeah like don't do it like yeah yeah so uh yeah i think it was a bit harsh on how many men would actually use it but i definitely still think um in those in risky behaviors it doesn't matter if you're taking it or not like the risk of stds is still the, that's the main risk so yeah, yeah definitely for the promiscuous lifestyle i think you know using preservatives is condoms is the is the way to go yeah yeah and then i i talked about sperm donation and the ethics of that sperm donation so i think the first one was people who donated sperm they removed the time limits yeah um on people on the length of time you can the sperm that you donate can be used so i think the main story was the guy had donated in his 20s and i think it was in his 50s or something and he, they were able to use the sperm again yeah. so it just i suppose it kind of was like okay well what's the ethics of this like could could this be used to like take sperm off <laughs> dead people or not dead people but people before they die yeah now have the sperm and you could use it whenever you wanted and then like a sperm or black market <laughs> yeah if someone donates now can you like use it in 100 years yeah 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 which uh i think i was surprisingly okay with that yeah yeah i look 
honestly a black market a sperm black market maybe that's just like a crazy idea that but <laughs> look there's been businesses started for less so i don't know no. like go on your go on your <laughs> online and be like what, where <laughs> can i get this can, where can i get this sperm so but i can really see i don't know it makes sense if you like get like an athlete uh, yeah. or like like a success su- people successful in their field not like successful for the sake of being like famous but like really successful in a very specific field like you know that like yeah maybe but like, i think the whole i still think this the main thing is sperm donation they are anonymous yeah people are anonymous when they donate you don't know their name you don't know the thing you only know details about them and um i suppose yeah i think they are there is um a, a, a shortage of donors at the moment so i suppose this is a uh, useful for that so i still think it'd be an extreme case because again you have to go to a fertility clinic but like if there was who knows like you could if you if your dad it'd be weird to think but if you're you've a relative that is a really good athlete you could get the sperm there a sperm sample off them i don't know how you would do that <laughs> i don't <laughs> want to do that it. Maybe freeze it and then you could sell it on later on to like some company because there's no limits in how it can be used. I don't know. This is what's just something we were talking about. I think it definitely wasn't. Uh, I haven't heard any crazy stories come out since that. So maybe we were getting ahead of ourselves a bit. Um, I suppose the other interesting story of that was um, the posthumous donation of sperm that is wrong and <laughs> straight off that was that wrong. is wrong um yeah and how um people were taking the sperm so if they hadn't used the sperm if they hadn't got their sperm taken if they had donated sperm before they had died they would they would like ring up a service that would take a posthumous sperm from the the patient and they they could use it in surrogates or uh for other other situations and i had talked about a case in israel but that was like an old case where they had they were grandson mm-hmm. and the the wife didn't want it so they were able to get away but like in most countries it's a, they won't don't allow it but then i think it, it was soon after the story it happened in spain in spain yeah and she got it done in i don't know was it mexico or somewhere like that she got a surrogate from her her son's sperm yeah. yeah um i don't know what in that case was that pu- posthumous or was he had donated sperm already um because i think I it was st- donated and he died yeah i think that was the case as well yeah. like i still think that's in europe it's very that's not okay i don't think it's possible yet to like have a service to be like can you take the sperm off my dead son um but yeah, no. like, I, but that's still pretty messed up that uh, she was able to kind of get the sperm from her dead son and have a child. It's uh-huh. yeah, I think you even said that it's sort of selfish. I don't know if that was the exact word that well, you used. As we said, I, I think we were one of the things that was said, which I think we both agreed, was that they're using the child almost as a memorial candle yeah. for their dead yeah sibling their dead sibling or not dead sibling but their dead um child or child or um their their partner as well so um uh it's it's a a weird one Uh, look yeah i I, I, i'm just not on board yet you know (laughs) i think it's a very progressive thing to to do and you really have to be 
quite dribble, I think, liberal. And it has to be, and I think it has to be it discussed and written in written down. I think to be like, because then at least you know. I still think this whole, oh yeah, he would have wanted it. I still think it's, it's 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 crazy. Yeah, it's very it's very vague. But I think there's not really much you can do if they have given sperm, donated it to like try and get that. But like I think the posthumous is much more difficult, which I don't think is is as common, especially not in Europe, anyways. No. So, Imagine um, putting that request down, like you know, when uh, <laughs> yeah, in the hospital. If I like, die, <laughs> can we pump this guy now? <laughs> But, like, if you're, I don't know, yeah, it's a weird situation to think, like, he's just been declared dead, and he's like, I have a letter, get it, get his, get that, <laughs> get yeah, that sperm. No. This is not something that I, um, no. No. This is not okay. Okay. Um, And then, I think the 51, obesity drugs and Marburg virus, Um, I think that was, it was kind of a callback to our previous episode where we had interviewed... And Dr. Carol LaRue. Yeah. And we talked about when um, Wagovi or semaglutide had been approved mm-hmm. for weight for obesity. And then there was Ozempic. And now then it just like blew up. It is how mad. Many pe- how many people were using it. Um, and I think people were speculating who was using it based on uh, what they had looked like or how much mm-hmm. weight loss they had used. So I kind of wanted to just... Um, clear up what what was behind this what what was what what was the science behind it um what what it meant um did it did what what was this i think what was the bad sides of it because every i think the good sides are being overblown a bit um and i still the see good sides yeah the all good sides mm-hmm. yeah um and mm-hmm. how great it, it was working and how good it was and i think now I look back, I'm like, there seems like a definitely a push against um, people are like, oh, this all these side effects from Ozempic or how you will look or if you overuse it. And I'm I'm kind of still like, hmm, maybe, yeah, like there's a, definitely some bad sides to it. But like these people are losing weight and it's not, not the, the end goal at the end of the day. Like we want people to be able to lose weight without having like people have struggled with weight loss that they aren't able to manage diet or exercise that there isn't and people are always not treating uh, obesity as a disease where this is a way of now treating as a disease treat disease treating it as a disease uh, and to have a drug for that maybe it is a, a useful option it's just yeah people maybe that um people who might need it getting mm-hmm. di- getting it just to try and stay skinny or stay slim that's the issue i suppose it's mostly for people who um i don't know who are maybe not living good lifestyles as it is and just like i just want an easy option to lose weight well you have um, to draw a line between what is a what is like a disease of obesity and what is having a little bit overweight yeah because you know that's the first that's the first differentiation you have to you have to you have to construct like this these drugs are not for people who want to get into a summer body and they forgot to go to the gym for six yeah, months yeah yeah you yeah. know and then i think uh, ozempic is for type 2 diabetes people so yeah. that's uh, that's another yeah. uh, kind of a uh, eligibility criteria and also a, a safeguard in place because 
if you don't have a type two diabetes, you shouldn't be taking this this drug. It's and as well, like as people who are who have are wealthy who want to get the drug, they're yeah. taking it away from people who actually yeah. legitimately need it for their their disease. So that's there's literally even the shortages. So that's literally the hydrochloroquine situation all over again with uh, yeah. buying buying the drugs uh, away from the people who actually do need it. You know. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, and I so. think from the conversation with the professor Rollo, like you have to have a, like it really opens your eyes into the concept of the obesity as a disease, yeah, rather rather than the an, an outcome of whatever being a couch skinny potato skinny drug, yeah, yeah, yeah. So. I want to be skinny. <laughs> um, no, yeah, exactly. And um, but like it's uh, it's it, it'll be interesting to see because yeah, as as I said, obesity is going through the route like the rates are going so high right now is this going to be just like a common commonplace drug that like oh i i'll just take those and pick and but it'll again, stop me getting fat that's but like yeah it's it's a it's such a wrong thinking i know yeah 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 i know it's but this is how it's been branded i think that was what i wanted to highlight in the, the yeah the episode is like it's just the way it's been branded the way it's been pushed by the media and it's like no it's for people who are generally need it because they're obese and they need to lose weight um yeah because like it's not for maintaining weight no 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 it's to help you to you know become not sick but at the same time as well with the drug isn't it that you have to take it for your the rest of your life if you stop taking it the the uh, the symptoms or like the appetite will return so i don't know it's um it's, well, maybe a, in the future, some you know, um, another th- drug. Ass- that will assist. Well, I was going towards ass- like a assisted therapy with like a specialist uh, that you can work help. out your problems. You know, well, yeah. like why do I eat so much? Like, mm. you but know, so you're yeah yeah well yeah you just hope that if you lose the weight, there's a way of like maintaining this. keeping that off yeah, without having yeah. to keep taking the drug. But yeah, it's um, you almost you almost feels like you would have to reinvent your entire lifestyle yeah to to step away from it like you know at least that's how i feel yeah but especially in america it's like it's like in a with diabetes when you're taking a drug for that you don't mean diabetes is different right well it's a disease and this other thing where it's that you're should we be treating obesity like a disease you have to get a a drug that will help you keep the weight off Look, yeah, but yeah, I'm saying like you can't talk your way out of diabetes, you know. But, uh, well, but uh, some people would argue you can't talk your way out of obesity if you're not getting the help. That no, but that, that, that's what I mean. If like I the suppose, obes- that's that's something it, that should yeah. be looked at. That should yeah. be investigated. Can is there a way of taking getting off the drug once you're under a certain weight and keeping that off? Yeah, without taking it, that's definitely something that would need to be investigated. But these drug companies, I definitely think. Well, no, you have to take it till the end. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So, do you want a yearly subscription? <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, anything else from this episode you wanted to mention? Uh, the Marburg virus outbreak. I think we mentioned in uh, on that episode, and then I just I just wanted to see if if the people are still dying in Africa uh, from that Marburg from that virus is another uh, it's another hemorrhagic uh, hemorrhagic fever virus. Yes. Mm. Uh, the latest news on the WHO are, is that from the March 22 till the 11th of April, five confirmed cases were reported. 
in um, in in uh, in different areas of Africa, and and that's it. They just have some sp uh, a total of one thousand three hundred twenty two contacts have been listed, with an average follow up rate around eighty to ninety percent. So it seems like the the disease is still flaring up. Yeah. Um, down in Africa. Uh, so five cases, but no deaths. Is there any deaths? There is a total of of as of eleven of April. In total, there is eleven confirmed deaths. Eleven. Okay. Yeah. So it's quite small for uh, such a deadly virus. Yeah. I think it ha a lot of a lot of it has to do with the way it it spreads and mm. our acute awareness of how it spreads now and the previous. WHO intervention when there was Ebola outbreak. Yeah, yeah. You know. So they, they've they've been able to build on what they've learned from ba yeah, Ebola. basically. So that's yeah. great. Like, um, yeah. so glad no international outbreak of concern with with Marburg. I think oh, would be thanks God. That would be very not very bad. <laughs> Definitely yes. Okay, and then the. Second last episode, which was in April, we talked about <laughs> worm munchies. I think that's definitely one that could be um, to the Ig Nobel Prize. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh yeah, to the cannabis-like su substances. <laughs> so, um, yeah, yeah, that was that was again. This uh, you know the, the this research that comes out from you know this either the canna the cannabis or like the psilocybin or we also mentioned like the use of mdma it's like that there's definitely room for it to be used effectively for for something but <laughs> yeah. but there is also like a ton of uh, a ton of claims coming about it that this is gonna save everything and i'm just i'm like super skeptical yeah yeah she's skeptical about, that about with it like, Anthony yeah. Yeah, last episode. So, um, yeah, there's not that. That was just like an interesting article. I think the main thing they wanted to try and say was like these cannabinoid receptors have obviously they were evolutionary always there, there. before yeah. we even split from worms. So they have these receptors. They still get the munchies. So what does this mean? <laughs> it means can... that God wanted us to get high from the very start. <laughs> And what um, was this? The I can't, oh, I just I can't. Remember. The ongoing controversy surrounded the drug, the drug mifepristone used in medical terminations. Do you remember what? Oh this yeah, was? that was the that was in states. The this is drug used to um, induce um, delivery. Oh yes, yes, yes. And my story as well. In <laughs> some in some of the states, they uh, they were they're they outvoted of, it, right? Or they make it very hard to become accessible. It was going to be hard to be accessible. Yeah. So if people wanted to get... Because this was a common way of getting a, an abortion. They would take yes. this drug. And they were going to... They were trying to stop it um, being used. So um, at the moment, this isn't done. Like, they could still... I think it's... They, the Supreme Court, with the appeal, they blocked the appeal or something like that. Mm -hmm. So it still became readily available. So if they want to outlaw it they still have to go through the the courts again but there's still an definitely a, a chance it could become banned because the supreme court did vote to overturn roe versus wade so um they'd have to take more riskier drugs to mm -hmm. get an abortion and that would not be good so um at the time i suppose it was a, a good news story but there's still a risk 
nah, that it could be reversed. So hopefully it doesn't ju- happen. But just for the full clarity, I know I've mentioned that like I'm against killing, <laughs> but like I'm also against like a political stunts like that. I don't think it's okay. So just you know, just but so we clarifier, clear on it. Yeah, clarify like, position. Yeah. Um, and then the publisher perish mentality. Yeah, and that was. Has mm-hmm. anything changed since you? Um, no, there's still, there's still problem. <laughs> there's still problem with it. I've, doesn't but it, doesn't change now that you're finished. You're like, oh yeah, everyone else will have to do what I did. <laughs> no, but I had I I I found it very enjoyable looking at that problem, and then I sourced some information from from that podcast into my final discussion. Oh yeah, you were saying that. So, because I do have a chapter of well, I have a chapter of negative results in my discussion because I had some negative results in my thesis and then I was able to source some things that I have researched for the publish or perish mentality and I could apply it in the context of negative results in my discussion and I thought like that's cool yeah, like that's definitely. that's nice that I could use this um, for other Top things it. as well yeah, yeah. yeah so it helped helped you finish your, yeah. your thesis so I, it, I thought it was it was it was interesting and I definitely think this whole that whole topic, publisher perish, has been done to death. Oh yeah. But I think you did bring something new in regards to like how how else we can um, assess students. Yeah. And um, I think you gave some good suggestions. I can't think off the top of my head, but I definitely think if you wanted to find out, just give that episode a listen. Yeah. I thought. Um, I definitely think anyone who's in um, any like professors or. Um, people like that or even students maybe they could listen and like maybe we should try try this in my lab or something like that yeah it would be really interesting so um it always takes the first person to to make an effort or try it to see yeah. if it'll work and um, and I, because- I was actually i was actually discussing this this uh sub chapter of my of my discussion with my supervisor and yeah, he he read it was like nice. We had like a discussion about it, and then he said like that that was that was a problem when I was an undergrad. Yeah, yeah. And he's just about to retire, you know. So it's a uh, like there's I think it's just a human thing to want to show positive results. Isn't that grim that there's been a problem since he was the undergrad? What how many years ago? And it's nothing yeah. changed. Like it's just we just get on with it. And it's like how like in any other profession if something was outdated you would yeah. you would try and come up with some solution but nothing nothing is being done like um, but so, i suppose the journals have all this power and they want you to publish so how I do know. how do you change that how uh it's it's yeah. like yeah i think this is gonna be a chip on my shoulder for a long bit yeah, so. yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you can be the you can break down the system tom you can be i'll the, be i'll be khaleesi of uh, academia <laughs> i'm gonna break the wheel <laughs> exactly good, good uh good similar get my ass similar. burned <laughs> yeah <laughs> um okay and then the last episode we did um i don't think we have to say much because i'd say it's fresh enough in people's minds but yeah um yeah gene editing and mental health and three parent baby um yeah we just talked about the the first tree parent baby in the uk like this wasn't a new you had talked about this previously but it's yeah. just to have something that happened in a as in well, europe a first, a first world country yeah um so it just showed progress which is great to see mm-hmm. um especially not having it in a secret or like a an unsafe 
environment for it to happen. Yeah. Not to say like Mexico might have dodgy medical centers. I'm sure they're still pretty good, but like just so that people don't have to travel so far to get it. So And you get this like label of a tabo on it as well if it's done like, you know, oh we had to go abroad and yeah. do this and that. It's just So the yeah. the proper procedures of following up and all that aren't, yeah. Yeah. aren't followed up. So I think yeah, it was that was a good and then I think I talked about gene editing in uh mental health. Yeah, for mental health. I just I don't like in, that. I just seen this in um the the discussion. Can gene editing become a pans- panacea for <laughs> mental health disorders? <laughs> I don't know who wrote that. <laughs> I have a pretty good feeling who wrote that. <laughs> yeah. Uh but yeah, I, I don't I don't I was scared by it. You scared me. Yeah, yeah. Because it was the implant. Because like to me, well, this is a mind moment. control. Yeah, yeah. Well, mood control. Yeah, yeah. But the whole yeah. thing was, um, it was like epigenetics. So you yes, can like take off the epigenetics from childhood trauma. That was the main thing. It was, it was that was. So it, if you had epigenetic changes on your and your DNA that would that was occurred during your childhood trauma that kept with you for the rest of your life that caused your anxiety your stress your depression mm. that maybe you can reverse that genetically rather than having to take drugs well yeah. you would still have to take a drug but like like treating the the symptoms D- rather than the cause different mechanisms um, of action but I still think this is so far down the line that I don't think we'll, we'll we're we're only basically getting to CRISPR for like basic single point mutation mm. um gene, uh, diseases right now. So I think to try and to first try and find out what the genetic markers are, then coming up with ways to treat it, then getting past the blood brain barrier. Um, but that's like that's at least like five, six, or seven uh, different. Uh, projects proposals. Oh yeah, you yeah, know yeah. The, the, you can milk money out of this. I mean, to to get the grants. Yeah, but like it's it's so broad. It's like oh, yeah. okay, you need to you need to come up with definitely way more specific ways. Yeah, of finding out what what childhood trauma leads to what marker change and what can be done and will it have a a long term effect, a positive effect on the patient? And you're like, is this is it worth going through all this trouble rather than just maybe giving them tr- therapy, giving them um, uh, no- antidepressants. Yeah. So, uh, I don't know. It's It was it was an interesting one to just to speculate. I think that was what I mm-hmm. was trying to get at. So. And, I, and I like that, that, you, that, that you brought the topic of epigenetics as well with it because uh, it is such an interesting field. Yeah. But I feel yeah. like we haven't really covered it at all. Like no. the two of us, the epigenetics no. and... And you're a geneticist. I think epigenetics, yeah, epigenetics is even like a one level over, <laughs> above me. Like, you know, I wouldn't dare to say it like I understand epigenetics. I actually, yeah. I, I, I grasp the concept of concepts of it. Maybe that's an idea for a, a guest. Yeah, I definitely think so. Epigenetics. And I think the, that part that they say that, so if you're in traumatic um, a, a childhood, that you're more likely to age be genetically older you get aged up because you're evolutionary wise you you would want to reproduce quicker whereas if you're in a an environment that's more um what's the word mal mal malnourishment like a malnourishment so if you're in a mal if your childhood is like malnourishment you're um you're not getting the proper food 
you're not getting the proper support um you're more likely to be younger you're going mm-hmm. to have and you're only going to be able to be, be re- at a reproductive age at a later stage because your body's knows you can't support a a child yeah this is in women like so that mm-hmm. they they are genetically younger so there's like interest in how in two different scenarios there's they're they're both kind of suppose you can class as abuse or trauma but like they have different effects for the for the child because it it can have it it will impact um your your options of mm. wh- when you should be ideal to have children so it's it's interesting how epigenetics in that scenario yeah can ha- can have real life effects um and it's not just uh there there is there is something behind it so i i had a friend uh she she was working with epigenetics and like she if she would, if you would give her your like a blood sample or something, and she would like run the analysis and and get the data, she could tell whether like at any point of your life you were smoking or not because of the epigenetic changes. Oh wow, changes that's on cool. That is so cool. Like, I was like, I'm not gonna give you any of my samples because I used to smoke. Like, so that's <laughs> a no secret. But like, you know, it's a. That's I thought that was really cool. Like the things yeah. you can tell from your biology, mm. like your body, like it holds all of it. You know, it's all inside, like, no matter what you did, it's just a matter of being able to read these messages. Unlocking it. Yeah, Unlocking actually, now it. you say that, because I did remember in the episode as well, we talked about it being used as a kind of a diagnosis. You could use these markers. Mm. And you you were saying, I don't think, how would they not know they were in trauma? Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> what type of trauma they'd have? You, It would easily be obvious. But I still think, like, it definitely would be useful, and especially oh, if you yeah. could distinguish the type, the type of trauma. Because a child, if they're, like still under 10 yeah it could be overwhelmed they can't, they can't yeah. really describe they wouldn't know and it can easily be blocked out so um, and in them situations is definitely you want to try and stop that manifesting when they get older so yeah um and not to say that you could come up with a treatment but if you could diagnose or attempt to figure out what what happened to them it would be really cool yeah. so yeah um, that epigeneticist that that that's who we need to talk to there you right go. We had no seat guests this season, which was pity, but yeah. we were trying to get one guest who just didn't fell through. <laughs> that felt true, yeah. Um, I think, look, you were doing your last year, your thesis, so yeah. it, it's tough, like, um, but that yeah, bigger and better things for season four, isn't it? Definitely, yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Now I'm, yeah, be, you know, starting a new job. The job is still a question mark, but I will be starting <laughs> something new. You will be starting something new. Yeah, and it's just, I think, I think I be, believe these three year seasons have been all part of your. It's been intertwined with your PhD. So I know, right? Uh, but that's interesting. I I really enjoyed it thoroughly, and it helped me a lot. And I think just because, uh, yeah. So I was like dealing with the PhD and stuff like that, and you know all of the details of it as well. So there's no point in talking about it. But like having just the ability to meet up on a regular basis, basis, and just talk. I thought that was like, that was a huge part of uh, my survival uh, kit <laughs> yeah. in here as well. So, yeah. yeah. And it definitely, that. and it's helped me a lot as well. Like definitely, um, I'm definitely more comfortable uh, just speaking my thoughts and like n- not being so nervous. I think it made me realize like people can listen to what I'm saying here now. So like, why should I be nervous about when I interact with people and, Exactly. real life because they yeah. know exactly what i what i talk about and they're most if they're if they're talking bad about me in real life then 
I can't change anything and they, no, they exactly. definitely know they're definitely going if they're talking crap about me now because of this then uh, yeah they were always going to talk about crap about me and and it's not like you're a different person here and a different person when we no I, talk I, in life in <laughs> real life you know hopefully not <laughs> <laughs> yeah so um yeah so that was that's, it that's season three so this summer we're we still have our walk to do in nijmegen can't so wait for this please say your prayers for me <laughs> it's gonna be you're gonna do great don't worry um, about it and Less actually than a month. I'll, I'll give a shout out to my go if you want to try i have a gofundme set up for my walk i'm set doing it for the um northwest her uh no ms northwest um therapy center so like for people who are to get respite if they have they're suffering from ms they're having yeah. um severe symptoms um so i thought it would be it was a good charity to to do it for so yeah uh i might give the link in i we will. i will give the link in the description and uh yeah i would appreciate any support no matter what you can do yeah. and that'd be great so send it around your friends and let's i will yes yeah. yeah so uh yeah. Uh, as I was saying to my mother, I was, she was, we were talking about some of the donations on my GoFundMe. I was like, ma'am, I don't know. Can I get, will I be able to do this? And she's like, you're going to have to walk to your feet fo- fall off. You're not giving up. <laughs> so that's, that's the motivation <laughs> you want to hear from your mom. <laughs> Usually parents be like, oh, well, look, it, whatever you get done, Evan, it's fine. She's like, you have to yeah. walk to your feet fall off. <laughs> <laughs> I, look, you can tell your mom that if I see you slowing down, I will start pushing you and dragging you get so. the whip out <laughs> <laughs> and the leather uh, <laughs> you're gonna get there boy we're gonna get yeah, there together yeah, 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 yeah. we're yeah. gonna start together we're gonna finish together yeah oh god you're it's excited. gonna be fun yeah it's gonna be fun okay so yeah on that note i think we'll uh, finish up season three uh thanks again for listening um you really appreciate uh your you as an audience listening to us ramble on about science so yeah thank you um yeah if you have any feedback about the season if you want anything else to cover next season you can always reach us skeptically inclined at gmail.com and then skeptically inclined on instagram and skeptically at skeptically i on in twitter sorry um so yeah that's a wrap anything else tom before we end it mm, no just have a good summer behave don't do drugs thinking you forward medicine you pushing medicine forward just do drugs because you like them you want to don't come for a reason and then uh, yeah hopefully we're gonna we're gonna hear each other back again in probably september yeah and we're gonna have some uh, amazing summer stories and <laughs> yeah it's gonna be nice let's yeah. uh, let's enjoy the time off now yeah so have a good summer guys and talk to you again yeah stay skeptical bye bye